section fifty eight part three chapter two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two in the studio upon opening the studio door one afternoon argensola stood motionless with surprise as though rooted to the ground an old gentleman was greeting him with an amiable smile i am the father of julio and he walked into the apartment with the confidence of a man entirely familiar with his surroundings by good luck the artist was alone and was not obliged to tear frantically from one end of the room to the other hiding the traces of convivial company but he was a little slow in regaining his self-control he had heard so much about don marcelo and his bad temper that he was very uncomfortable at this unexpected appearance in the studio what could the fearful man want his tranquillity was restored after a furtive appraising glance his friend's father had aged greatly since the beginning of the war he no longer had that air of tenacity and ill-humour that had made him unapproachable his eyes were sparkling with childish glee his hands were trembling slightly and his back was bent argensola who had always dodged him in the street and had thrilled with fear when sneaking up the stairway in the avenue home now felt a sudden confidence the transformed old man was beaming on him like a comrade and making excuses to justify his visit he had wished to see his son's home poor old man he was drawn thither by the same attraction which leads the lover to lessen his solitude by haunting the places that his beloved has frequented the letters from julio were not enough he needed to see his old abode to be on familiar terms with the objects which had surrounded him to breathe the same air to chat with the young man who was his boon companion his fatherly glance now included argensola a very interesting fellow that argensola and as he thought this he forgot completely that without knowing him he had been accustomed to refer to him as shameless just because he was sharing his son's prodigal life desnoyers glance roamed delightedly around the studio he knew well these tapestries and furnishings all the decorations of the former owner he easily remembered everything that he had ever bought in spite of the fact that they were so many his eyes then sought the personal effects everything that would call the absent occupant to mind and he pored over the miserably executed paintings the unfinished dabs which filled all the corners were they all julio's many of the canvases belonged to argensola but affected by the old man's emotion the artist displayed a marvellous generosity yes everything was julio's handiwork and the father went from canvas to canvas halting admiringly before the vaguest daubs as though he could almost detect signs of genius in their nebulous confusion you think he has talent really he asked in a tone that implored a favourable reply 
i always thought him very intelligent a little of the diable perhaps but a character changes with years now he is an altogether different man and he almost wept at hearing the spaniard with his ready enthusiastic speech lauding the departed diable graphically setting forth the way in which his great genius was going to take the world when his turn should come the painter of souls finally worked himself up into feeling as much affected as the father and began to admire this old frenchman with a certain remorse not wishing to remember how he had ranted against him not so very long ago what injustice don marcelo clasped his hand like an old comrade all of his son's friends were his friends he knew the life that young men lived if at any time he should be in any difficulties if he needed an allowance so as to keep on with his painting there he was anxious to help him he then and there invited him to dine at his home that very night and if he would care to come every evening so much the better he would eat a family dinner entirely informal war had brought about a great many changes but he would always be as welcome to the intimacy of the hearth as though he were in his father's home then he spoke of spain in order to place himself on a more congenial footing with the artist he had never been there but once and then only for a short time but after the war he was going to know it better his father-in-law was a spaniard his wife had spanish blood and in his home the language of the family was always castilian ah spain the country with a noble past and illustrious men argensola had a strong suspicion that if he had been a native of any other land the old gentleman would have praised it in the same way all this affection was but a reflex of his love for his absent son but it so pleased the impressionable fellow that he almost embraced don marcelo when he took his departure after that his visits to the studio were very frequent the artist was obliged to recommend his friends to take a good long walk after lunch abstaining from reappearing in the rue de la pompe until nightfall sometimes however don marcelo would unexpectedly present himself in the morning and then the soulful impressionist would have to scurry from place to place hiding here concealing there in order that his workroom should preserve its appearance of virtuous labor youth youth the visitor would murmur with a smile of tolerance and he actually had to make an effort to recall the dignity of his years in order not to ask argensola to present him to the fair fugitives whose presence he suspected in the interior rooms perhaps they had been his boy's friends too they represented a part of his past anyway and that was enough to make him presume that they had great charms which made them interesting these surprises with their upsetting consequences finally made the painter rather regret his new friendship and the invitations to dinner which he was constantly receiving bored him too he found the desnoyers table most excellent but too tedious for the father and mother could talk of nothing but their absent son chichi scarcely looked at her brother's friend 
her attention was entirely concentrated on the war the irregularity in the mails was exasperating her so that she began composing protests to the government whenever a few days passed by without bringing any letter from sub-lieutenant lacour argensola excused himself on various pretexts from continuing to dine in the avenue victor hugo it pleased him far more to haunt the cheap restaurants with his female flock his host accepted his negatives with good-natured resignation not to-day either and in order to compensate for his guest's non-appearance he would present himself at the studio earlier than ever on the day following it was an exquisite pleasure for the doting father to let the time slip by seated on the divan which still seemed to guard the very hollow made by julio's body gazing at the canvases covered with colour by his brush toasting his toes by the beat of a stove which roared so cosily in the profound conventual silence it certainly was an agreeable refuge full of memories in the midst of monotonous paris so saddened by the war that he could not meet a friend who was not preoccupied with his own troubles his former purchasing dissipations had now lost all charm for him the hotel drouot no longer tempted him at that time the goods of german residents seized by the government were being auctioned off a felicitous retaliation for the enforced journey which the fittings of the castle of villeblanche had taken on the road to berlin but the agents told him in vain of the few competitors which he would now meet he no longer felt attracted by these extraordinary bargains why buy anything more of what use was such useless stuff whenever he thought of the hard life of millions of men in the open field he felt a longing to lead an ascetic life he was beginning to hate the ostentatious splendours of his home on the avenue victor hugo he now recalled without a regretful pang the destruction of the castle no he was far better off there and there was always the studio of julio argensola began to form the habit of working in the presence of don marcelo he knew that the resolute soul abominated inactive people so under the contagious influence of dominant will-power he began several new pieces desnoyers would follow with interest the motions of his brush and accept all the explanations of the soulful delineator for himself he always preferred the old masters and in his bargains had acquired the work of many a dead artist but the fact that julio had thought as his partner did was now enough for the devotee of the antique and made him admit humbly all the spaniard's superior theories the artist's laborious zeal was always of short duration after a few moments he always found that he preferred to rest on the divan and converse with his guest the first subject of course was the absentee they would repeat fragments of the letters they had received and would speak of the past with the most discreet allusions the painter described julio's life before the war as an existence dedicated completely to art the father ignored the inexactitude of such words and gratefully accepted the lie as a proof of friendship 
argensola was a clever comrade never in his loftiest verbal flights making the slightest reference to madame laurier the old gentleman was often thinking about her nowadays for he had seen her in the street giving her arm to her husband now recovered from his wounds the illustrious lacour had informed him with great satisfaction of their reconciliation the engineer had lost but one eye now he was again at the head of his factory requisitioned by the government for the manufacture of shells he was a captain and was wearing two decorations of honor the senator did not know exactly how this unexpected agreement had come about he had one day seen them coming home together looking affectionately at each other in complete oblivion of the past who remembers things that happened before the war said the politic sage they and their friends have completely forgotten all about their divorce nowadays we are all living a new existence i believe that the two are happier than ever before desnoyers had had a presentiment of this happiness when he saw them together and the man of inflexible morality who was the year before anathematizing his son's behavior toward laurier considering it the most unpardonable of his adventures now felt a certain indignation in seeing marguerite devoted to her husband and talking to him with such affectionate interest this matrimonial felicity seemed to him like the basest ingratitude a woman who had had such an influence over the life of julio could she thus easily forget her love the two had passed on as though they did not recognize him perhaps captain laurier did not see him very clearly but she had looked at him frankly and then hastily averted her eyes so as to evade his greeting the old man felt sad over such indifference not on his own account but on his son's poor julio the unbending parent in complete mental immorality found himself lamenting this indifference as something monstrous End of section fifty eight